presence of the Lord last evening. So grateful for the message that Pastor Don brought forth and a timely word, an encouraging word. But tonight we are honored to have a general of the faith with us, a man that we are getting to still know on some level, but a man that we are so grateful as the Lord has allowed our paths to cross over these last few months. He basically told us again today, he said six months ago, I didn't know any of you people existed. I don't know if that's good or bad. He didn't really elaborate too much, but I'll just take it on the positive note. That, uh, And then even today, it's we find how small the world really is. And we find that for such an hour and such a time as this, uh, God is knitting together, bringing individuals together and ministries together. It's just, you can't make the things up. I'm, I was in Louisiana last week and began to talk today. And he's like, oh yeah, I know him. I played golf with him. I lived there for some time. I'm like, this guy's been everywhere. And I'm like, it's amazing to see how God is orchestrating and doing what has been done. So uh, tonight, I am privileged to be able to have Bishop Floyd Lahan here in Connorsville, Indiana with us again. And uh, without further ado, we are going to invite him to come, and he's going to come and minister and share that which the Lord has placed on his heart. So can you give him a warm welcome tonight as he comes? Thank you. You may be seated. What a joy to be with you, and I really mean that. And when Pastor said that six months ago I had never heard of you, I hadn't, but I regret that I had not. I also said to him, you worship like we worshiped 20 and 30 years ago. And I am so thankful to God to find a people that loves worship like you do. And I mean that. It's good to have Brother Don Russell in service tonight. I've known him forever. But I never put it together. I've always took him to be a Texan. I'm a Texan. That's where I'm from. And I thought he was a Texan. And come to find out, he's not even a Cowboy fan. <laughs> he's still a Colt fan after all these years. <laughs> yeah, I guess he does. <laughs> it's good to be with your pastor and all of you. It's just, it's just good to be with you. God's been good to me. Spared me another moment to be in his presence. And I want nothing more and certainly nothing less than God's presence. Where'd the piano player go? Why do they always sit down when the preacher steps up? You always have beautiful music and singing going. The preacher gets up and it's boom. There she is. <laughs> Anything you want to play in the key of either C or F. <laughs> I want you to see something with me in Scripture tonight. And I want to have a brief word of prayer before we enter into this part of the service. I've been puny for the last week, and I need a touch of the Lord in my body. But I'm feeling good in my spirit. And you're going to find out from my preaching tonight that while I oftentimes want to give to the flesh as a child of the king, I must recognize that before I'm anything, I am spirit. And I want to operate out of my spirit tonight and not out of my flesh. Amen. And that should be your desire in worship. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And thy word 
is truth. I want you to see something with me that I think, if you'll really listen, not because I'm saying it, but because I believe it's the Word, you're going to get something out of it tonight. Open your heart. Open it wide to receive from the Word tonight. God, these are your people. They're called by your name. They're blessed. They're blessed going in and coming out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. We're just blessed, Lord, and we praise you for it. Make us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we'll forever give you the praise. Zechariah, the 10th chapter. I'll begin reading with the first verse. And if you don't mind, would you mind standing for the reading of the word? Just before I read scripture, I started to say a minute ago, I have known Don Russell forever, but I never put it together that he was from a whole tribe of 12 other children besides himself in Indiana. And I, I, he pastors some of my wife's people, and they, this, they think the sun rose and set in him. And I understand he preached a marvelous message last night. Zechariah 10, beginning with verse 1. And the Lord asked the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. And the Lord will make flashing clouds. He'll give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Then take note of what he says. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Then, if you will, turn left in the scripture just a little to Proverbs, the 16th chapter. And I want to read the 15th verse. In the light of the king's face is life. And his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. Would you lift your hands heavenward and just ask God to favor us with his blessing tonight? I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Is Daniel, is that you? Is Daniel here? Ah, there he is. <laughs> he picked me up at the airport last night, and we had a good time of fellowship. You may be seated. Thank you. Oftentimes, we hear a notable speaker give us a speech and when he's finished almost without exception the politicians will say now let me tell you what he really said you, you, have you ever heard that especially if it's a presidential speech or whatever I want to make an attempt though I know it's impossible but I want to make an effort to share with you what I think he was trying to tell us. Because he said something strange. He said, ask for rain in the time of rain. Why? Why would you ask for rain if it's already raining? And then he said in Proverbs, favor is like rain. It's like a cloud of rain. So the question that we need to answer tonight, it's raining. You're standing out on the street corner. You've got your umbrella up. 
As we say in Texas, it's coming a deluge of rain. It's pouring down. And you're standing on the street corner in the midst of all the rain. Why would you need to ask for rain? It's already raining. You've got your umbrella up to protect you. Just because God is showering the blessings and the power of His Spirit simply because the rain is falling doesn't necessarily mean that we get it. Nothing happens in the kingdom until you say something. Until you ask. Until you speak. God created the earth with words by speaking. And He's saying to us tonight, even though it's raining, even though it's possible, even though blessings are coming down, you're smack dab in the middle of a rainstorm. People over here are being blessed. Somebody over here is receiving the Spirit. Somebody back here is getting healed. Everywhere around you, people are getting touched and blessed. And you're sitting smack dab in the middle and you don't feel a thing. You're as dry as a West Texas dust storm. And that's dry. It's like the man who stood out on a busy street corner in a big city. And he's just doing this. Snapping his fingers. And a man walked up to him and said, Sir, why are you snapping your fingers? He responded, I'm keeping the pink hippopotamus away. Sir, there's no pink hippopotamus here. Working, ain't it? Why would you ask if it's already falling? Because if you don't ask, you don't receive. You have not, Jesus said. Come on, say it. So simply because it's falling, He already has purchased it. He's paid for it. It's our blessing. All we have to do is open our mouth and speak it. God help me tonight. And that's what I want to talk to you for a few minutes about tonight. He said his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. Do you understand that favor is upon us and among us and has been for at least 2,000 years? We're in a time of favor. This favor goes all the way back to the time when Jesus came out of the wilderness after having fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And by the way, do you know why he went in the wilderness? The scripture said, God spoke and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then he said, go to the wilderness. He went to the wilderness because he pleased God. You'll get that in a minute. The Bible said Jesus, after coming out of the wilderness, went into the synagogue. If you'll hold the music for a minute and you'll know when to start back. He went into the synagogue. And when he got in the synagogue, he stood up in Luke chapter 4. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, to open the eyes of the blind, and to proclaim, and the literal text says, the favor of the Lord. 2,000 years ago, Jesus stood before a crowd similar to this one 
and proclaimed upon the people the favor of the Lord. But it will never happen in your lifetime until you open your mouth and ask for favor in the time of favor. Ask for favor in the time of favor. You begin to speak it. You begin to believe it. And then you start grabbing hold of it and pulling it to your chest. Then the favor of God is going to be released in your life. You may be looking at me right now saying, you don't understand, preacher. You don't know where I am. I lost my job. I'm in between jobs. How can you tell me I'm in a time of favor? Understand that any time God closes one door, say it loud, He opens another. But let me tell you, sometimes it can be hell in the hallway. That's where your mouth needs to open up and decree favor. That's when one door has closed, but another has not yet opened. You don't stand around and whine and have a pity party. Feel sorry for yourself. But you open your mouth and you say, I am blessed. I'm highly favored of the Lord. (laughs) The favor of the Lord is making me irresistible. The favor is preceding me. Favor is upon anyone who even looks at me. God decreed it. God's already sent it down. And all you've got to do is get in on the outpouring of His favor. It's like a cloud over you, but it's not going to rain. It's not going to hit you until you say so. Someone say, say so. So the next time someone asks you how you feel, and remember again, we're a spirit first of all. We have a soul, they live in this body. But we are spirit. Put your hand over your heart and declare after, I am spirit. Come on, say it. The next time someone asks you how you feel, don't answer them after the flesh. Because if we listen to our carnal side, we'll never feel anything but bad things. But if you listen to your spirit, man, (laughs) don't tell them how you feel after the flesh, but look at them and declare in the spirit, I'm wonderfully well. I'm blessed, and I'm highly favored of the Lord. I I got a little baby helping me. I think we need to do that. Would you stand up? Some of you look like you're coming here to the mother grubs tonight. Let's, Let's try this. I'm going to say it, and you respond after me, would you? I'm wonderfully well. I'm wonderfully well. I'm blessed. And I'm highly favored of the Lord. (laughs) Let's do it again. I'm wonderfully well. I'm blessed. And I'm highly favored of the Lord. Come here, Pastor. I want you to get somebody like I've got him only both hands all over the room, would you? Either your companion or someone that come with you or someone that is not your companion, someone you don't like so well, just just get them by the hand. And I want you to look straight. And I know preachers ask us to do things all the time and sometimes we want to and sometimes we don't. And perhaps this might be one of your, I don't want to do this, but please do it because I believe it'll help you. I really do. I want you to say something like this. Look them square in the face and say this. Since you asked me, let me tell you, I'm wonderfully well. 
I'm blessed. And I'm highly favored of the Lord. <laughs> now turn around and get someone else for the hand. Get someone else for the hand. And I want you to repeat after me, if you will, since you asked me. Since you asked me. Since you asked me. I'm going to tell you, I'm wonderfully well. I'm blessed. And I'm highly favored of the Lord. <laughs> you may be seated. <laughs> you may be seated. Favor means that you're irresistible. Favor means that God has synergized everything on you. Favor means that God has called you to the front of the line. Have you ever tried to get in the right line at the bank and sure as you get in one, it's the other that's going faster? Favor calls you to the front of the line. We were in Bulgaria many years ago, right after the walls had come down and my wife and I traveled in those countries when communism was still rampant and Ceausescu was on his tyrannical reign in Romania. But the whole time we were in Bulgaria, the people that we were with knew we were going to Romania. And they tried to tell us over and over and over again, you best get up early because when you get to frontier land, that place between Romania and Bulgaria, you're going to see cars and trucks lined up as far as the eye can see. Sometimes it takes as long as 24 hours to get across that border because the Romanians are hard people to deal with. Back then they were. Well, we get up early the next morning trying to beat it. And we get there to the border and everybody else had done the same thing. They were lined up as far as you can see. Cars and trucks everywhere. There were about 10 lanes side to side. I mean everywhere. And I, my son was driving. I had, I think, seven or eight of my people with me. I was in California in those days, and I, I asked my son to go all the way to the right. I don't know why I did. I just did. And we went all the way to the right, and we sat there for 15, 20 minutes. And it just hit me. The Lord's work requires haste. And I'm not going to spend my whole time sitting on this stupid border. I didn't say a word to my family. I didn't say a word to my wife or my son. I just got out of the van. And my son started screaming at me, Dad, get back in this van. They're going to shoot you. And obviously, those people on the border and those cars and trucks, they must have felt the same way because they rolled down their windows, started screaming at me. And I knew they were cursing me. I couldn't understand their language, but you could tell by their contorted faces that they, they were pretty upset with me. Who do you think you are? And they could tell we were Westerners by the way we were dressed and the car we were driving. and A bunch of them. I, I've never seen so many people in my life that stick their hand out at me. And then they'd drop the fingers all but the center finger. They threw us a bird like crazy. And I just kept walking. I, I acted like I didn't even hear them. I got out of the side of the car. I guess I'd walked maybe a mile, mile and a half. I couldn't see the van anymore. And I see this Romanian soldier coming toward me. And he's got his AK-47. He's pointing it up, pointing it down, pointing it at me. He don't know what to do with it. And I just kept walking toward him. He was screaming. He was, I could tell he was cursing. Boy, you guys look alike. <laughs> I got the Trinity over there. 
<laughs> I'm going to lose my message if I'm not careful. <laughs> I just kept walking toward the Romanian border and the Romanian soldier walking toward me. He finally gets up to where we're just face to face. And I'd already prearranged. I had a $20 bill in my hand and my pocket. And I just got it out and handed it to him. And he started motioning. I couldn't understand what he was saying, but I knew what he was saying. And he pointed back and we started toward the van. Well, my family, my son, my wife, none of them knew what was going on. For all they knew, and he was walking behind me. And he got that AK-47, and they don't know what has transpired that I've given the man $20. And they're thinking they're, they're arresting him, and they're going to arrest all of us. I mean, they, they were upset with me. And the Romanian soldier looks at my son and just does like this and motions him to get out of the ruts so he could, and we headed toward the border. They still don't know what's going on. They still think I'm in big trouble. They tell me later they didn't know how I was going to get out of it. And I walked with the soldier all the way to where you actually give your passports. And just as we were about to cross into Romania, I hear one of those Romanian soldiers in perfect English. He went like this. He said, American Express. <laughs> it wasn't American Express. It was a favor of the Lord. You say, but preacher, what about all those other thousands of people standing on the border? They had the same right and opportunity I had. They could have pulled their $20 bill out. They didn't have the favor of the knowledge to do it. Favor. Somebody shout favor. Favor, favor means it's, it's precedence. It means that God has already sent stuff. <laughs> He's already sent things ahead of you so that when you get there, you're walking in favor. He's already caused all things to work together for the good of them that love the Lord who are called according to His purpose. <laughs> favor is patience that you understand. Everything's going to be all right. I've got favor on my life. Little boy at two o'clock in the morning got thirsty. And he was afraid to get up and get him a glass of water. So he starts yelling for his dad, Dad, I'm really thirsty and I'm, I'm afraid to get up. Would you get me a glass of water? And the dad said back to his little boy, you're all right, son. Just go back to sleep. You, you, you'll be all right. A few minutes. Dad, please bring me a glass of water. You're okay, son. Just relax. You'll go back to sleep. Little boy wouldn't quit. Dad, please bring me a drink of water. And finally, the dad said, son... If you don't shut up, I'm going to go. I'm coming in there with my belt and I'm going to whip you. Dad, when you come in here with your belt to whip me, would you bring me a glass of water? I'm thirsty. <laughs> Favor is persistence. You don't quit when things get tough. You don't give up because you've had setbacks and things are messed up and don't go like you planned for them to go. But when you understand, I have favor on my life. I'm here by God's design. 
and I have favor. He knows who I am. He has decreed favor. I decree favor. And until it happens, I'll say it over and over again. Well, just one person for me. Just stand up like that and shout favor as loud as you can shout it. <laughs> Son, you did it best. Would you do it again? Stand up. <laughs> what happened? You can do it. Come on. Is that your brother next to you? Both of you stand up and do it. Come on. Stand up and shout favor. Do it again. Come on, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, God had told them, I will cause you Israelites to have favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And they'll give you their gold, their silver, and everything of value that they have. But now listen to this. Can you imagine that little poor, raggedy, dressed Israelite who's been under bondage and captivity for 400 years? They had beat their backs a bloody pup. They had beat the backs of their forefathers long before them. And they continued to do so up until this time. And now this little raggedy dressed slave with a slave mentality walks up and rings the doorbell of that Egyptian house 2,000, 4,000 years ago. You didn't get it. Did you get it? He rung the doorbell 4,000 years ago. <laughs> That's supposed to be a joke. You're supposed to <laughs> He walks up to the door and he said, I want your silver. He stammers and stutters. He can't hardly get it out. I want your gold. And oh yes, those things that my wife sowed for your children. And some of it goes way back before your children. I want everything that belongs to us. I won't take no for an answer. And the Egyptian looks him square in the face and said, What are you doing at the front door? You're supposed to be at the back door. And he reaches to get his whip and begins to get ready to beat him. And just as he did in his sight, the Israelite found favor. And he went and got the possessions that were demanded of him. Well, now this little Israelite has favor courage. Now you talk about somebody mean. And I'm not talking about a bulldog. I'm talking about somebody who knows where he stands with God. And the second time that he walks up to the door, he don't ring a bell. He starts beating on the door. And when the Egyptian comes to the door, he said, I want your money. I want your gold. I want everything that belongs to me. And I want it now. Shut up and go get it. He's got favor courage. If you ever have God, answer one prayer. If you ever have God, heal your body one time. Can I minister to you? I need help with real quick. 
Worship church. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Once you get favor, courage, and you see God begin to work in your life, nothing can stop you. Have you ever heard the story of Joel and Victoria Osteen? I knew John Osteen when I pastored in Houston. I got acquainted with him. Perry Stone was with me once. He wanted to go down and meet him. So we went down and met him and talked to him. And then afterwards, we became acquainted. And he was a good man, godly man. I don't know Joel and Victoria. Never have known them, but I know who they are. But Joel and Victoria, just before they're to marry, are looking for a home to live in. And they finally find the place that they feel like God has blessed them with. There's a sister right through here. Your, your hair is blonde. You've got a, kind of a stripe. Can I minister to you? Yes, ma'am. When you step in that, I'll just start worshiping right there. Get her, get her, get her, get her, get her. <laughs> say, Pastor, what if you pray for people and they don't fall? They stand. It's, it's not a test of your relationship with Christ. It's just a blessing from the Lord. Joel and Victoria get this awesome deal and they bartered with the guy forever and finally got him down to the price that they felt they were comfortable with and they take this whole thing into Joel's dad and John without even lifting his head said all from half dad We've already bartered with him till we can't barter anymore. He, we're going we're gonna to lose the whole deal. He's already got the price way down. John never lifted his head. He said, what's the use of having favor if you never use it? Why call ourselves Christians if we never take advantage of the fact of who we are and whose we are? Would y'all come together? Church, really flow with me and worship with me, would you? Just worship the King. What's the point of having favor if you never use it? I want to take you through one more Bible story. I have a lot. This was a series that I preached for weeks in my church in California, and I can't get it all in one night. Just close your eyes for a moment. Don't get in a hurry. Don't rush the Spirit. We have come into this place gathered in His name to worship Him. We have come into this house We've gathered, sing it, to work. 
We have come into this gathered in His name to work. about yourself concentrate on him it's all about him church so far constant and worship him So forget about yourself, concentrate on The scripture tells us in the book of Ruth that there was a woman by the name of Naomi. Naomi was part of the seed or the blessing of Abraham. Naomi, though she had grown bitter, was a blessed woman because she was of the seed and the blessing of Abraham. But she made a fatal mistake. The Bible said she was in Bethlehem. And all of you know what Bethlehem means. House of bread. But she left the house of bread in the time of famine and went down into the land of Moab. Now Moab geographically is not that far from Bethlehem. But spiritually, It's a long ways. Moab was cursed with a curse for 10 generations. They couldn't even set their feet on the grounds of the temple. They couldn't even go to church. But because she got in a season, And just because you have favor on you doesn't mean that you won't go through seasons. Seasons of famine. And you've got to remember when you get in the time of famine, talk favor. Don't talk cursing. She moved from the house of bread to the land that was cursed during the famine because she got frustrated and aggravated. Her husband died. Her two sons also died. And she was left with her daughter-in-law when it was all said and done by the name of Ruth. But now I want to teach you something powerful as a close. Number one, if this is your house of bread, I don't care how tough times get. Don't leave your house of bread in the time of famine. Hang around because springtime's coming. Everything comes in seasons and just because you're in a season of famine doesn't mean you're going to be there for the rest of your life because you are a king's kid. You are the favorite of the Lord. If you stay in the house of bread, the blessings will come back. How many people leave in the time of famine? They walk away from marriages, they walk away from businesses. 
and situations in the time of famine. Don't ever leave in the time of famine. God help me tonight. Stand strong. Hold the music again just for a minute. I don't move in the prophetic very often. And I'm very sincere. But someone in this room is needing what I'm preaching tonight. And you know that you're already in the time of famine. Things have not gone as well as you want them to go. Maybe the problems in your marriage, your home with your children, things are just not right. And you know it. But you also know I'm a child of the king. My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the half thereof are mine for the asking. If you'll stay in the house of bread and refuse to listen to the voice that would pull you away. The Bible said they left and they lost everything. So Naomi makes a decision. It's all over for me. My life's a messed up piece of mess. I've made terrible choices. God doesn't even love me anymore. And I just want to go back to Bethlehem and die. And Ruth is so smart. I want you to watch this and catch the point. You may be listening to me right now, and I'm telling you, I'm speaking prophetically in somebody's life. Ruth is so smart. Naomi is declaring there's no favor on my life. You don't know what's going on in my life, preacher. That word doesn't even register with me. Just in case it doesn't, would you just say favor all over the house again? Come on, for somebody around you, say and shout it loud. You don't understand, Pastor. I've got bills, I've got situations, I've got stuff going on in my life. I don't feel like I have any favor on my life. Well, let me tell you what you can do when you don't seem to have any favor on your life. Remember, Ruth was a Moabite, which means that she came perhaps from incest. She was cursed for 10 generations. Don't even let them come to my temple, God had said to them. But when you don't have favor on your life, attach yourself to someone who does have favor. Naomi, though she was not walking in it, was of the seed of the house of Abraham. She had favor on her life. So when you don't have favor on your life, Find somebody with favor and ride their coattail. Don't let go until favor is pronounced upon your life. And I want to close. I'm nowhere near through, but I'm going to close by just simply telling you, look at Ruth's life. Do you know who Boaz's father was? Boaz's father was a man 
named Salmon. Not Solomon, but Salmon. Who married a woman named Rahab. You remember the red thread hanging out the window? You know what Rahab was? She was a harlot. <laughs> but get this. His father was married to a prostitute named Rahab who was a Moabite, which meant she came about by incest. But the two of them got together under the favor of God. And what they couldn't work out and make any sense of, favor hit their lives. They produced a child named Obed. Obed produced a child named Jesse. Jesse produced a child named David. And David produced a great, great, great granddaughter by the name of Mary who brought us the child called Jesus. Favor. Come on, give the Lord praise. Pastor Jade Abrams here. I just want to thank you for watching and joining with us today. We're so glad that you chose to be with us. We just encourage you to stay in contact with us. Click, follow, subscribe on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date what's happening here at PTC. We bless you in Jesus' name and we love you and so does God. Have a good day.